Here's an ancient story in the Bible. And who knows, maybe the root is in what we now call Judaism. But certainly it's a part of Christianity. And that's the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were created by God. It's, it's an attempt to answer the question, who are we? Where did we come from? This biblical story of Adam and Eve. And there can be a fight in the mind about it. Oh, that's just a ridiculous story. But they've traced the genetics of the entire population of the planet to a small place in Africa. So maybe it's not just a story. Maybe there's more to this story than first meets the eye, right? So Adam was first, he was created first, and then came Eve, and they lived in paradise. They were happy, they were naked, and they were free, living in paradise. And one day Eve was walking through this beautiful forest, with pristine waterfalls and rainbows and a warm breeze blowing, caressing her skin. And the snake said to her, why don't you eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Eve said, well, that's the one tree that God said we shouldn't eat from. That we could eat everything here in paradise, all the fruit and nuts and vegetables that we choose to eat, except that one. So it doesn't sound like a good idea. And the snake said, well, how do you know? Why not know what God knows? Why not know about good and evil? Why not eat the forbidden fruit? And Eve pondered this for a while, and it made sense. It seemed logical. Why not? know what God knows. Why would God even say you can't eat the forbidden fruit, right? So she goes off and she finds the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she eats the fruit. Now throughout history it's been depicted as an apple, but in the Bible it doesn't say <laughs> what the fruit is. So the apple kind of fell with from grace along with Eve, right? So she eats 
the fruit and she convinces Adam that it's a good idea so Adam kind of gets off the hook because it was Eve that you know convinced him <laughs> to eat the forbidden fruit so they both eat the forbidden fruit and nothing really happens but all of a sudden they notice that they're naked they become afraid they actually start to fight with one another. Adam said, this was a huge mistake. What are we doing? This is, God said not to do this. And then they feel the presence of God coming. And they hear the voice of God saying, where are you? Where are you? And they hide and they cover themselves because they suddenly realize they're naked and they're embarrassed and ashamed. Feelings they never had before. And God realizes immediately that they've eaten from the one tree that he asked them not to eat from. They've, they've ingested the food of knowledge. And he becomes very angry and casts them from paradise, right? And curses Eve that all women from that point forward would suffer the pain of childbirth right the pain of ignorance so they're cast out of Eden and it can seem like a strange story because snakes don't talk right <laughs> and where is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil until you start to think of this story as a, a metaphor or a pointing to egoic identification. So once you eat of the forbidden fruit, you become identified with the body. So that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They became identified as Adam and Eve because they drank or they ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit which is identity, right? It's the ego is the one that knows about good and evil and will fight against good or will fight against evil, right? And the snake is the mind, right? The mind whispering in your ear, you know you're right and the other person is wrong. And you go to war to be right. You go to war with yourself. You fight with yourself. You fight with your family. You fight with your friends. You fight with your lover, your husband, your children. And it's all to be right. This is the movement to be right, the push against. And it's the whispering snake of the ego that tricks you into giving your attention to the thoughts in your mind. The knowledge of good and evil, right? This is the forbidden fruit. There's ancient Jewish doctrine that says they never left the Garden of Eden and this is the absolute truth. Adam and Eve 
never were cast out of Eden. Eden was there. Paradise remained. But they couldn't see it any longer because they were blinded by identity. They were blinded by ego. Right? They were blinded by the lie of the mind. Why not? No, my God knows, right? So if we focus on knowledge, spiritual knowledge, it's a beautiful thing to focus on that, right? To read spiritual stories and hear about what happened to Ramana Maharshi and the people that came to see him and what questions they had and what were their struggles and what were their realizations, what were the miracles, right? So we can read about these things and there is a certain benefit because there's a transmission contained in the words. Even in the Bible there is a transmission of grace even though it's been twisted and turned into dogma which is mind Oh, you should be this way and you shouldn't be that way. The transmission of grace is there. The transmission of the omniscience that you are is there. So paradise is not lost. Paradise is in your heart. And the trick of the mind, which is the snake, is why not give your attention to the mind, to the tree of knowledge? Why not read and read and read about spiritual truth? Or read and read and read about whatever you're interested in and ignore the heart. Right? This is the trick of the ego. But the ego is not bad so the snake has always been seen as bad right because he convinced Eve to eat the fruit but it's not bad it's just what happened it's just what is so the mind has a function, the ego has a function but the dysfunction is when you believe the ego is real when you listen to the whispering snake in your head that says you should fight, you should be right, you should seek revenge, you should be jealous. How dare they go out without me, right? Envious, angry. All of this comes from the feeling of me in your body. It always comes back to this me. This is the fruit, the forbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the egoic mind, the genetic mind, right? And the whispering snake, why not? Why not pursue pleasure and avoid pain? Why not? And then you miss paradise because you become entangled with samsara. You become entangled with the illusion of you as a body. With you as a body in this world. You become entangled in the lila and suffer. 
because the mind is always whispering to you, right? Trying to get you to fight, trying to get you to succeed, trying to establish a goal, trying to get ahead, trying to avoid pain, pursue pleasure, money, sex. And then what's overlooked is paradise. The paradise that lives in your own heart, right? So the ego is a gateway. The I is the way into the source. And this is what Ramana recognized. It's very simple. But the call of the world is strong because so many people are caught in the illusion of the world as if it was real. As if ideology was real, as if knowledge was real. So the focus is on knowledge of good and evil, right? The fight, the success, the power, the pleasure. which overlooks the ultimate power, which is love, peace, happiness. It's alive in your heart, right? So, the gift of this ancient story is you can stop and recognize that your mind is the snake trying to trick you. Not because it's bad, but because it wants you to survive as a body, as a somebody, as an important, special somebody. Not the loser you perceive yourself to be, right? Or you might perceive yourself to be. Or the inflated ego that you're great. So what this all means is you actually have to apply the teaching of Ramana Maharshi if you want to break free of this trap of the egoic mind, which is the whispering snake that says, go for the knowledge, go for the good, the evil. Go for the good, which is pleasure, fight against evil, or become the all-powerful evil one, be the rebel, fight against society. If everyone has their hair short, you grow your hair long. Right? If tattoos are seen as rebellious, you put them all over your body to show that you are radical, that you're, you've gone rogue, that you're one of the cool ones. Right? This is ego. This is body. So you can become the rebel, you can become the saint, but either polarity has nothing to do with freedom. Until that one day, that one moment when you stop running, you stop fighting, you stop hating, you stop revenging or avenging, you stop. And you recognize that it's a mess. It doesn't get you anywhere. Pleasure is here for a moment and it's gone. 
Anger is here maybe for years. People can be angry for years. Because they're listening to their story in their head about why they're right and the other person is wrong. Or why you are right and the other person is wrong. And you go to war with whoever you're fighting against to prove you are right and the other person is wrong. Until you realize it's all a game. It's all an illusion. And you start to ask the deeper question, what is going on? What is life about? What am I doing here? Right? And then there's this opening for the inquiry to really take root. The inquiry of Ramana Maharshi to take root, which is this question, who am I? And the Western mind can so discount this because you go, oh, I've heard that, I've done that. It doesn't work. I've tried it for a couple hours. Well, a couple hours is nothing. It's meaningless. It has to be a constant practice. Who am I? Who is angry? Who is fighting? Who is avenging? Who is trying to be right? Who is seeking pleasure? What is this who? Who is this who? It always comes back to this core issue. All your problems are tied to ego and this fight to be right. So if you forget all that, forget the fight. Recognize that the ego is a gateway to freedom. So you don't even have to fight against the ego or make the ego bad or wrong or your mind bad or wrong or anything that you've done or said or did bad or wrong. It's just what happened. And it got you to this point. So it was absolute perfection. And where you are in your life is absolute perfection. It brought you to this moment so that maybe for the first time again you can hear this message. You are freedom. You are the vast, unknowable presence of the living one in your heart. Stop giving your attention to the mind. Stop reacting. Stop fighting. Stop pushing against, resisting. And give your attention to that paradise of peace in your own heart. So the hard truth is in the human consciousness there is this dark side. This call of the dark to be the rebel. To fight against society. To be different. To be unique. To be special. To prove you're right. To prove you're strong. To seek pleasure and avoid pain. This takes you out of paradise and into samsara, into the illusion that your ego, the sense that you are the body, is real and that the world is real. 
and you play this game of good and evil, being the rebel, the saint, the passive one, the aggressive one, the betrayer and the betrayed, the victim. You play these different roles until one sacred, miraculous day, you stop. And you ask yourself the question, what am I doing? What is life all about? What am I running from? What am I trying to prove to myself? Or what am I trying to prove to other people? What am I fighting about? What is the mind telling me? You can be angry for years because the hissing snake of the mind will keep saying, you're right, and that other person was so wrong, right? And you believe it. And it happens so fast, faster than the speed of light. The story emerges, and you become enraptured with the story whether it's a story of peace and love and harmony or a story of fighting, rebelling, being the rogue, going rogue against everything and everyone and being angry and justifying your anger and becoming the dark force, right? Becoming the Darth Vader of your life. <laughs> or the Luke Skywalker, or Princess Leia fighting for the Force. <laughs> Until you stop. Love. It holds the promise of eternal salvation, right? So we can read scripture, the Bible, spiritual stories, and feel this love peace and harmony. But that's still not the same as doing the work of inquiry. Reading about inquiry, reading the scriptures, there's no problem with that, but it does nothing for you. It does not free you from the polarity of mind which can be good or evil. And it keeps you from paradise, which is alive in your own heart. So the ego is this kind of nemesis, this evil snake in the Garden of Eden. But it's also the gateway to paradise. This is the paradox of ego. The ego itself is not even real, but it feels real because of the sensory nature of your body. So you believe it's real. It's a deeply rooted belief. But in order for the teaching of Ramana Maharshi to really take root in your consciousness, you really have to stop and apply it. Not just for a couple of hours. I've heard that so many times. Oh, I've tried. Who am I? It doesn't work. My mind spins in circles. And that's because you're following the mind's attempt to find an answer. There is no answer to that question. 
because the answer cannot be spoken. There is no way to speak it. That presence, that omniscience that you are, there is no way to reveal this happiness to you, the happiness that you are. Only you can discover it. Only you can stop and recognize you never left Eden. That life is perfection. Everything that happened, good or bad, evil or saintly, rebellious, whether you're the rogue or the saint, paradise was alive within you the whole time. You just weren't aware of it because you kept listening to the snake. Pursue pleasure. Right? It'll feel good. Let's do some drugs. Let's go dance and do some ecstasy and feel blissed out. The ego can become an addiction that hooks you into seeking, seeking pleasure, seeking the bliss of enlightenment, going from guru and this guru and this teaching and that teacher and this teacher to hear their wise words and feel this bliss, right? But it does nothing for you because the ego is hooked you into an idea of bliss just like a drug. So the ego is like this addiction or this pusher, right? Go for the pleasure. Go for the bliss. Don't look at the dark side. Avoid that. But it's not about avoidance. It's not about running after pleasure or avoiding the dark. It's about stopping and actually applying this teaching. Who are you? This question, who am I, is essential because the root of all of your problems is this sense that you are the body. That's the root of all of it. Good and evil comes from this root cause, which is the tree of knowledge, right? The ego is the tree of knowledge, and it seeks knowledge. It seeks to fight, to prove that you're right. So this movement to fight is this really strong desire to be right, and it's almost genetic to be the alpha, right? to be the one who is right and the other one is wrong and bad and horrible. Fighting against evil, right? Or evil fighting against good, being the rebel, being the rogue, until you stop and you actually apply and really hear what I'm saying in this moment. Forget about what happened. Good, bad, evil, rogue, rebel, saint, Forget all that stuff. It was perfect. It led you to this moment. Whatever's happened in your life is perfection. It led you to right now. And right now, you can discover for yourself you never left paradise. This is the return to Eden. The return to your natural freedom. Your naked, open heart. So you actually apply this question, who am I, who am I, all the time, wherever you are. 
Who is angry? If you find yourself angry, tell the truth. I'm angry. This person really hurt me, betrayed me. Who is this me? Who does this anger come to? Right? Who is this who? And follow it deep. Dive deep into the heart. Deep into paradise. Deep into happiness. And you will be astounded. Astounded. How happy you become. If you stop listening to the snake of your mind. Whispering. But you're right. Fight for it. Get even. Right? If you stop listening to the snake that says, go for the pleasure. Go for it. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. But the pursuit of it is empty until you know who you are. Until you recognize that the ego itself is not real. The world seems real because so many people believe it's real. The majority of people on this planet are focused on the illusion that is samsara and suffering in that great ocean, thinking it's real. So if you follow along with the crowd, if you go along with the herd, then you're lost in the sea of suffering, right? Until you stop. And you allow yourself to drown in the paradise of your own heart. To drown to love. To die to love. To let the ego be the seed that you plant in your heart. And what happens to a seed is it cracks open. There's no more seed. This is how the ego becomes the gateway. You plant the seed of your ego in the heart. You dive in. If you crack open a seed, there's nothing there. Right? You crack open the ego, there's nothing there. You fall into that nothing. You fall into that sunyata, that emptiness, and stay there and wait. Wait and see. And this love, this happiness that cannot be explained, arises and consumes you. At first there can be resistance to the question, who am I, until this happiness takes hold, takes root, and then you want nothing else. And then wherever you are, you are happy. You're not entangled with the whispering snake anymore. It's not wrapped around your neck, whispering in your ear. You shed that like an old skin, like the skin of the snake. The snake represents transformation, healing. So you let the snake fall off your neck and you return to paradise. This happiness, I just can't even tell you what it is. Until you experience it yourself, it's impossible to say. But it is there within you and it's vast 
and it's waiting for you to apply this very simple teaching to stop listening to the egoic mind, the genetic mind, and give your attention to your heart, the oasis, the Garden of Eden that you never left. The Garden of Eden was here before you were born. It was here your entire life, and it will remain after your death because the Garden of Eden is the self, the omniscience, the pure presence of God that you are. When you fall in love with your own heart, the ego vanishes. This idea of good and evil vanishes. Sin, which means missing the mark, vanishes. There is no original sin. The original sin lives in mind. And the origin is in your heart. So if you fall into the heart, there is no sin. Then you've hit the mark. You've returned to Eden. Unending happiness, peace, and love. This is who you are. Thank you so much for listening. This is Koshi.